Welcome, and you're listening to Geekologist Radio, a division of the Ninja Pancake family of podcasts. Hey, it's Christopher, and welcome to Geekologist Radio's special Westworld review episode, where we take you through all things Westworld and accurately predict the future. Let's introduce our crew for tonight. Of course, there's me, Christopher, and we have Mr. Cajun Saint. I am here and thoroughly excited about this episode. And we got Big D. Yeah, and let me tell you, I, I'm comfy. I got like a comfortable chair here and ready to go because I have a feeling this is going to be like a 73-hour episode today. <laughs> yes. So much. There are notes upon notes upon notes upon notes. Before uh, we get into it, we want to mention that uh, major media outlets had access to the first five episodes of season two. Um, so that means that one more episode is left out uh, into the wild. Mm-hmm. So just be very cautious uh, about any spoilers written by someone who knows what's happened already. Um, I found that out the hard way on a couple of things, uh, and that's not not even on purpose. Like that's like going through USA Today, you know. So you got to be mm-hmm. awful careful. <laughs> really? Did you find out stuff that hasn't happened yet? Still? Yes. But yeah. Well, no, nothing. Nothing like major. I'm talking about it happened. Like they were talking about like Elsie and stuff like that into this episode. But a lot of it was the fact that um, she came out and said that she was actually going to be on the show. At, so it was her, you know in an interview that said, hey, I'm going to be back. And it's like, oh, well, Elsie's back. Like, that's a huge deal. The fact that she said so <laughs> is kind of a big deal. Okay. So I thought I thought for a minute you were telling me that you knew something right in this moment that I don't know yet. Oh, no, no. Believe me, if I did, I'd tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to reach through this microphone and <laughs> I, I would say, you. Tell me the answer. And I would just say, y'all throttle each other. I don't want to know because I'm perp- I, the reason that's in there is for me to try to avoid spoilers and for everybody else to, too. Yeah. Actually, I wouldn't want to know anyway. I, I really yeah. wouldn't. Cajun, you know so, we're doing something right if we get more right than we get wrong. Correct. And uh, this is all based off of stuff we've predicted uh, either last season, for this season, or most of this stuff is this season. Uh, so we've done this. Uh, every episode so far, what we got right, what we got wrong. Now we have a lot of stuff because this episode had a lot of meat. And so it gave us a lot of answers. A few more questions, but uh, we also got a few things wrong. We hadn't had a lot of wrong stuff lately, but let's uh, let's start off. What we got right, Chris? Uh, well, some things that we got right is Grace is Emily, um, a.k.a. William's daughter. And there's tons of hints from the show over the last three episodes. Uh, we got a quick payoff on this one. And I was just talking to Derek, uh, or pardon me, I was talking to... Uh, to Dave about this, uh, the the thing that's that was super important for me about this is is that we we're talking about the creators of Lost who always ha- cause more confusion than they actually cause answers, and so mm-hmm. they're trying to hit payoffs a little bit quicker so that it doesn't have that lost feeling, and I think that that's what they were trying to do with the Emily character. Yeah, and I, I like that because there's us, and we're the we'll call it the few the small percentage one two three four five percent of the community, and then there's a whole other percentage of the community who's not catching all this stuff, going back, watching it, nitpicking. And so for them, they gotta, they miss a lot of stuff. So you need to drop the hint, drop the hint, remind of the hint, and then reveal. Because a lot of them, uh, a lot of people are blindsided by those things when they come, come up. So quick payoffs with lots of hints are needed. You need, you need the long stuff for us too with the subtle hints, but you need the very obvious hints with the quick payoffs in there. And it wasn't even subtle. It was hello dad so like it was very like in your face like hey there's no question about who i am 
And then you have to just revert back to the previous episode where he calls her Emily in the scene. Well, and I think it also goes to show the major difference to me between Lost and Westworld. And let me start by saying I adored Lost and I really enjoyed it and I thought it was a great show. But you just got the feeling after a few seasons as a viewer that they were making it up as they went along and that when they were posing questions the writers themselves didn't seem to know what the answer to those were yet they just sort of said we'll figure it out later whereas in Westworld you can tell that it is really meticulously crafted and you just have so much more confidence in in the writing that you know when they're posing something they feel like they know where it's going yeah, and uh, I posted this on my uh, my Facebook, but basically said Westworld is television perfected, and I yep. think through the writing, the acting, uh, everything in this show is pitch perfect, and there's nothing on television uh, close now. And I can think back in the past, and this this could easily pass up some of my favorite shows of all time if I really wanted to lay down side by side, like next to Breaking Bad, because I think it's it is pitch perfect on how they're executing right now. Uh, another thing that we hit on was uh, putting human consciousness into hosts, and we had tons of hints from season one and season two uh, that this was the plan, uh, but now, obviously, from the opening sequence, we got a pretty good idea that this was the case. Yes. Uh, we don't know if they were successful, but they have done it. Yep. And they're making a lot of human mind cores, so you don't make a lot of them f- to test on just one James Delos. Yeah. There's a theory for that later. Elsie's um, Alive, <laughs> which is like I was jumping. The, the moment I, first of all, when I saw the ketchup packets, I'm like, what the hell's going on over here? And then you realize it's Elsie, and I'm like, yes. Like, we just needed her to come back because it, she literally just went MIA. Like, you, you were invested in her for the first four episodes of last year, and then all of a sudden she just stopped existing. Um, and we knew that that was going to be the case because we heard Elsie's call for help last season, but it's nice to see her back. Yeah, and, and to piggyback onto that, too, I think we had also discussed the fact that Ghost Nation maybe was trying to help humans and so we saw that when ghost nation rounded up stubs last time it turns out that they were just capturing him and bringing him along rather than killing him outright uh turns out same thing with elsie like you know she um or not elsie with bernard you know he got captured oh no he's not a human though that doesn't back that up Never mind. You can edit. You need, to, you need to write this. You need to write this down in <laughs> yeah. the notes. We have seven pages of notes. Seven and you're pages. Like, Let me go off script. Let me go off script. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Derek. You have okay. something else? Yeah. So uh, one of our one of our projections was this was mine was that Ford's narrative is set uh, is to set Williams' personality back to the beginning when he first entered the park. Uh, when I reviewed the Ford speech, kind of identified him as the personality who could change. And one thing we see is we see William act completely opposite of how he did in season one. In season one in Los Mortos, he goes in, he's shooting up people, he's killing people, he, he kills Lawrence's family. Uh, and this one, he goes out of his way to save the, the family. And I think that's the first uh, white hat thing he's done to show that transition. And then we get um, Lawrence's daughter speaking English through Ford is basically called Ford's voice when when AI speaks to him directly like that and basically saying he needs to look back on his past. And so this is, again, I think uh, previous theory was Dolores, I'm on the, his past is the white hat and that he needs to be a good dude instead of a bad dude. 
We didn't get too much wrong, but there are a few things that uh, are in the negative column, but that's what's going to happen when you're making some predictions. Yeah, exactly. Like we, we tried not to do too much of a shotgun. A couple of us piggyback on other theories or combine on them. But uh, we had one that Peter Apanathy's character is James Delos's mind. And right now that is tracking to negatory because of what we've seen James Delos's mind just in his own body uh, reacting to. I think the only thing that can keep that alive is how much Peter Abernathy twitches compared to how much James Delos does. But that seems just to be an AI glitching because Bernard sure. does. A lot of them do it. So that one's tracking to no. Um, one of our wrong theories was uh, the door or glory where everyone was headed is where human the human AI mind cores were made. Well, now we've seen a facility that where they're being made, and that's definitely not where they're tracking to. So that's not the door. It's not glory. Uh, it's definitely someplace that it's involved in this stuff, but it's not where they're making them. And another theory we got wrong was that Elsie was the one instructing Ghost Nation to protect humans. They were already doing that by the time she was freed by Bernard. So it's not her instructing them, but it does open up a question. Who is instructing them, which we'll cover in a little bit. Man, those weren't that far off. Like, there's a, there's some stuff that it, that now in, in retrospect isn't, like, that out there. You know what I mean? Like, compared to what, what reality is currently. So we're pretty close. But, uh, Cajun, you always like to talk about what the meaning of the, of the title is. Why don't we talk about uh, the riddle of the Sphinx? Excellent. And I like that they gave me a, a title this time uh, that I can go into. And uh, with the Sphinxes, the Sphinx guarded the city of Thebes in Greek mythology. And it was also an Egyptian... Um, modern it was mythology back then but it still exists to this day it guards the tombs of the pharaohs of egypt now the riddle of the sphinx uh which is the title the actual riddle not the sphinx itself the riddle of the sphinx is probably the most famous riddle in all of history is from the story of oedipus and the riddle is this what creature has one voice it becomes four-footed then two-footed and then three-footed and what happens was if somebody couldn't answer that correctly they were strangled and devoured if they couldn't answer it uh, and you might have heard this just worded differently about clock and times, but it's always the uh, four-footed, two-footed, three-footed question and, over time. And Oedipus solves the riddle, and he answers, the correct answer is man, who crawls on all fours as a baby, then walks on two feet as an adult, then uses a walking stick in old age. And the riddle of the Sphinx is understanding the passage of time for a human, and that's a big part of this story. The other part, I think, using of the Sphinx is the Sphinx guarded the dead, uh, guarded graves. And so could the Sphinx be guarding the ability to raise the dead? So I think it has multiple meanings there with the riddle really being the passage of time. Yeah, and the Oedipus story, um, I put down a little bit further in show notes, but there's a there's a huge connection between some of the speech that, that Mr. Delos talks about especially specifically mm -hmm. to Bernard right in line with this. So this is like, like they hit it right on the head up with all of the, uh, all of the aspects for this, for the title specifically. Yep. Yep. And then we had a segment we started last week that I think ends now. It was like, let's have a segment, keep going. Because like Chris said, we think this thing's going to carry on. Who's that lady? Well, we know. Shortest segment this week, the lady is Emily Williams' daughter. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so we started, I, I threw this in here as a, as a subject title of how do you build that? Because there was a curiosity on a difference between the hosts, the obviously, and the hybrids, which the hybrid is now something brand new. Uh, they've added that in, and the hybrid is a little bit different than a host. In a, in a hybrid, you print the body, 
copy the developed mind, which is consciousness or the consciousness of whichever person that you're trying to put in there. So then uh, onto that, you had a control unit, those little red balls that you saw sitting around, the one that uh, Bernard grabbed, that little orb. And then uh, you take the host CPU and it's created by a 3D printer. So those, that's how you're going to create a, a hybrid. Now, some of the, the writing in there is a little bit different compared to a host, as uh, Bernard talks about with Mr. Abernathy. He recognizes it. It's a little bit different. So the code is not the same. Right. Notice the code being the same, but there's one question I think that's come up, and I don't remember if I put this in the notes or not, because uh, like I said, we have seven pages of this stuff. But um, when we say copy the developed mind, I'm not convinced that the mind core that's being made is a blank hard drive that you can then imprint okay. anything on. There is a strong possibility that you need to put the consciousness of the mind into the computer and then it prints it into the mind because these could be different in that way. And uh, yeah, and I did write it because I have stuff to talk about later with it. And when we talk about something later, it, that really changes my answer to a very important question we have later is whether which one's first, how they do it, answers a question later sure. in the show. I wonder what kind of internet speeds people are getting in this age where you're not just downloading 4K videos, you're downloading, you know, human <laughs> consciousness. <laughs> you, you basically have to travel with a trifold iPad in your pocket that has a pretty significant hard drive because you're not bringing that over Wi-Fi. <laughs> uh, I'm just curious about the, the space that's required or the space that's needed in that in order to hold all of the information and then still have the ability to have room for it to iterate on itself. It's, it's just got to be beyond capacity of what we even understand yeah. which i think is what logan was talking about when he was like that's i've never seen this and we are this is way farther than we should be. it's almost like it needs some sort of cortical fluid just to keep it going properly just to keep it going <laughs> the fact that that was mentioned we'll add that in later yeah. all right dave talk about the new segment that comes on to our west world all right guys listen here's the deal we got a new segment this time it's called dave craps on Westworld for a minute then comes to his seconds to his senses. senses. Excuse me. I want you to give me 60 seconds, uh, and I'm just going to take a dump all over our favorite show. Are you ready? Go. Yes. All right. So here's what bothers me, especially about episode one. I finally put my finger on what's been driving me nuts about it, and it's superfluous time jumps for the sake of superfluous time jumps. I got to tell you, I think that there's absolutely no reason whatsoever for the 11 days later time period that they showed in episode one i think it does nothing to enhance the story all it does is to go in there for cheap shocker moments of bernard going i killed them if you just told that part of the story in a linear fashion from you know after the party following bernard and following you know going with elsie and and everybody else I think that the story is good enough that it has its own legs to stand on. You're going time jumps back in time to fill in the past. I love that. There's amazing revelations through there. But to me, that just feels like a super huge gimmick, and it feels like it's not making for a better story. It's just going for cheap thrills. That being said, I love that stuff because we get to analyze it every week, don't we? <laughs> yep. Thank you. I was going to say that, too. Okay. <laughs> good job coming through your senses at the end there. <laughs> Dave craps on Westworld for a minute. <laughs> then comes to his senses at the end. <laughs> we do weddings. Uh, we do weddings. Now, uh, going into this room that James Delos is in, there's tons of 
imagery and items and little things you could pick up on in there. And uh, we started pointing stuff out, and the list kept growing longer and longer. Stuff we noticed was imagery. One thing I noticed was the records. The records in James' room had a significant imagery. Uh, when they play uh, Fire by the Rolling Stones and they do Strand, do the Strand Love by Roxy Music. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then uh, James Delos and the Man in Black, because this goes on for so long, they're just spinning their wheels, just like the record and just like the flywheel on James's exercise bike. This is just spinning the wheels, not accomplishing anything. Because I, what I think the core problem is, is they don't have the core, some of the core consciousness of James Ellis to make him work. And I think that might be something, if they're doing this elsewhere, uh, it makes it work later. And the first record, though, if you look closely, then you have to look closely, it takes up your whole screen. It's actually a maze, kind of similar to the mind maze that we saw. Uh, it's not concentric circles. It, it's concentric circles with gashes in between them that you can actually follow. You take your finger and follow through to the center of the maze, which is the first record we see. The thing that I noticed was the uh, the white imagery, and the, it was almost like a. It had the imagery of like heaven, like a like a very serene place that was very pristine. And as he was going through it, everything was set in there for a reason for him. Things were either there to bring up memories. Or things were there that were placed in order to get him to be active or activated and keep see how far it could push his body, like the exercise bike. Like, would exercise cause a problem? Would this cause a problem? And the other thing that I, I saw was uh, the goldfish, and they panned on this like at least two or three times. Was the fishbowl kind of like circling around in the fish uh, in the fishbowl as he was circling around in a fishbowl too, because he's being observed and watched uh, from the outside without realizing it. Yeah, and you know even the hourglass that we saw. We keep seeing this hourglass that's on the coffee table, and with each successive visit, we see that there's less and less sand in the top half of it until finally that final visit when we see William in black show up and interview him. We see that there's no more sand in the in the hourglass. And Good finally, kid. we see it shattered on the ground after he smashes the place to pieces. I missed that completely. Good catch. I didn't catch the, I, yeah, I didn't catch the hourglass nice. at all. Um, uh, uh, some things that we learned in that process is that it's been over 30 years and over 149 trials uh, of Jim Dalos. And the first, uh, the first one that we see is after seven days. And then the final one we see is after about 30, roughly about give or take 30 years and, 100, and for sure the 149th trial. And 35 days. We know. So he, th- yeah, he's 30, been running yeah, 35, 35 days. days that time. Yeah. 35 days. We learned that Jim is a hybrid, which is a, is a big distinction between a host. Um, and they made very clear that there was a distinction between those two. By all accounts, he works perfectly until you inject reality into his program and make him aware that he is a clone. This is when the ticks begin. It's why William says it isn't like an organ that is rejecting. It's more like the mind rejecting reality. So it's it, when left by himself, Jim is working. You put somebody into that mix and make him realize that he's not a human, and that's when the ticks start. He can't wrap his head around it, and that's when he starts to get angry. And then you see his speech start to get impediment, and then yep. it's it depends on where it is in the timeline, but it, it gets progressively worse and worse. And uh, I I still think that there's stuff that they're collecting from people now to try to beat that system. But we just don't know to what extent they're doing it. It's a part of their experiences they're extracting this metadata they're pulling out of people in, in Westworld that they didn't do with James. I'm very curious on that. Now, one of the things I had a question. I brought it up earlier, but. What is the fidelity that they're checking? Are they checking if James Devil sticks to the script? Are they checking if he diverges? And in every single one he fails, he sticks to the script, but he also 
wigs out at the end. I wonder if he diverges from that script and became himself. Uh, is, is that the fidelity? But I, th I think some stuff was brought up earlier that I'm leaning more towards he needs to stick to the script and uh, be himself when he's uh, when that revelation is given to him, like Chris was just saying. And the, that yeah. that to Cajun for that when he yells Logan, that's way off script. Mm -hmm. That has nothing to do with what the hell's going on. And in fact, like it was like it, I, when he stood up and the first time he said it, I didn't know what he was saying until he screamed it the second time. I'm like, oh, he's asking for his other kid. It just it it's like he pulled it out of nowhere. And I thought to myself, so does he have consciousness where he has those memories, or are they forcing these memories into him? So I, I either way, but to your point, okay. yeah. Now at this point, the last question I have on this is the fidelity check is William the final test in this scenario because William knew him uh, probably the best of anybody alive right now, um, especially at the end, the last William we see. Is he checking if James Delos is real or AI? Is he doing a Turing test? Like he knows he's AI, but is he checking it? Because if their ulterior motive is to create AI who can pass as humans, you need to put someone who knows this human the best in front of him and he needs to pass. And James Delos is 149 times never passed. And is that the fidelity check? Is that the final check? Um, yes. To me, to me, that's that's what it is. I think he's checking to see, did we finally nail it? Mm -hmm. And it's not for altruistic reasons. He's not doing it because he loves his father-in-law and he just wants to bring him back. It's because he wants this technology to work. He wants to use it for himself for selfish reasons. Uh, he wants to invent this thing that is going to change humanity and, and be at the helm of that. Uh, you know, it's it's not out of kindness. Right. This scene reminded me very much of Bernard and Dolores in the scene two episodes ago where they were sitting in his home and he's having the conversation with her and he thinks that she's real. He thinks that she's real. And then all of a sudden she snaps and talks about the splendor and it's like, you're not ready. Yep. Like we, can, we can't send you out. And that's he he wasn't ready and they kept trying to do it and it just wasn't working. Yep. Now, one thing that was extremely wasteful and I, I guarantee you, just like the uh, Last Supper scene. Why did they burn the room instead of just removing James Delos from the room and then and then burning him or removing him? There has to be more imagery there that I'm missing because that is just like wasteful spending. <laughs> I want to say that the reason why they're doing that is to get rid of all evidence of any of this occurring. Um, I put this down a little bit farther, but I'm talking about it in terms of like when we when we know that they do testing on animals. And you just don't want that kind of information getting out, no matter who it is, including if it's like a person who works for you that has a bad taste in the mouth and decides to leak it out to the press. So instead of having evidence of any of this occurring, they rip out all of it and just burn it. Yeah, but I think you can still get rid of that evidence by just burning him. Because if you don't, then it's just a room filled with stuff that you can test AI in. It doesn't have to be uh, a human hybrid clone right there. It seemed like it was a play on the song, and it was like yeah. you know they that was that was that was the there was it, there so. was some significant so. artistic imagery going on there. It's just I didn't pick it up. I was going to talk about the Oedipal stuff, but or the Oedipus stuff, but I'll I'll let it be. I mean, there's 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 a lot of information that deals with Oedipus that uh, Delos talks about, especially in his conversation with Bernard uh, when they bust into the room, and it's past the time frame of you know wherever MIB left him at, at that point, but it it definitely has a lot of meaning to what you were talking about as far as the, the Sphinx title. Yeah. All right. So we move on to the next segment. 
Yeah, so let's check back in on the motivations of five characters in the show. Uh, we'll be repeating a few that will probably be coming back every week in this segment, and then we have a couple of uh, new contenders in here that we'll talk about their motivations as well. So let's start off with Bernard. You know, again, he was one of the central focuses here in this episode, in episode four, and we really see that he is on a very similar journey to both Dolores and Maeve, right? He's he's trying to define himself. Who am I now that I'm in control of my own actions? And who am I going to be? And we see him talking about these kinds of things when he meets up with Elsie. And he's still kind of walking that line of trying to do right by humans and by AI. We see that we saw that he had compassion and, and regret when he saw Dolores. And, you know, now that he sees Elsie, he wants to help her. Uh, by the way, it was also interesting along those lines. He promises Elsie. She says, listen, you have to promise me two things. You can't lie to me anymore. You have to tell me the truth. And you can't hurt me. And he said, of course, of course. And then he immediately has one of those sort of, I don't know where I am in time, uh, freakouts where he realizes that he murdered all those people that were in station 12 when he went there and she says are you okay he says oh yeah i'm fine it's nothing so he follows up that promise by immediately lying to her and saying there's nothing wrong so you know I, i'm curious if that's a little bit of foreshadowing yeah and i think his motivation there is he has he has all the body language of complete shame that he's ashamed that he let Ford make him do those things because I think him as a AI uh, his core programming as as we saw Bernard Lowe wouldn't do those things but when Ford clicks it on he becomes a death machine under Ford's control and now that he's remembering those things I think it's just pure shame yeah, yeah I agree and I tend to think that he's possibly the most inherently good character out of the main characters that we see and i think he'll continue to walk that line um you know but is he going to continue to be truthful and forthright with elsie all the time you know probably not the the goodest character the most good better than teddy well maybe I don't know. I think that Teddy's there also, but Teddy's a little bit different because I think he seems a little more, he comes off as a little bit more hollow to me and, and not quite okay. as, um, he's more innocent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and still not really fully awakened. Whereas yeah. Bernard, you know, he's, he seems fully awakened to me. You know, we always talk about how far along that continuum are these, these AI characters, you know, and Teddy just doesn't seem to be quite in the same place that, you know, Maeve and Dolores and Bernard are. Yeah. But he, he's getting I there, that, I think. I think Bernard has the ability to make the absence of truth as opposed to Teddy just coming forth with the truth. So, like, Bernard knows when to lie and when not to lie. Teddy might not know the distinction. Hmm. Hmm. Except the, I think he might have when he told Dolores that he... Uh, or did he tell her? No, he just didn't follow he through. He, didn't say anything. Anything. he, he just didn't, didn't follow, follow through. Yeah, he didn't say anything. Right. Yeah. Now, the yeah. next character I want to go to is Lawrence. Uh, now... We haven't covered him yet, but I think he had a lot going on in this episode because there's a thing about Lawrence. He's not a fully woken AI, but how does Lawrence remember something from Man in Black's past conversations now? He remembers that Man in Black told him he had a daughter, but he hasn't in this iteration. 
that brings up the question, is Lawrence in the maze? Because you, AI can have dreams of past experiences, and when they recognize them as reality, they start they go down the path in the maze and become awoke. Is Lawrence on that path now? Can you be functioning while you're in the path of the maze oh, yeah. and still, Dolores was. still do it at the same yeah, time? Yeah, Dolores, Maeve. Yeah, they were both doing that. Yeah but, Del- yeah, but Dolores wasn't with real people. She was going through a journey by herself in her mind with nobody there and having pictures of Jimmy with a young William. So, I mean, she, she was not physically with anybody. She was walking the path, having recollections of well, something no, without Well, no, that was her going through the around. maze. She went through the maze, like, I think back then, I think. Oh, okay. I think that was the maze. And then uh, she was reprogrammed out, and then that kind of, that was reminding her uh, about okay. it. Or I could be wrong. That it could have been in the future. But you could, yeah, now that I think about it, that wasn't the maze. That was just his programming. The future Dolores um, was going through it without a lot of interaction. I just know if you could be conscious and go through the maze at the same time. Like, like I wasn't sure if that was a thing or if you could could or couldn't yeah. be. So, like, all of her future I don't know, stuff I don't know. was. Last season, all of her future stuff was. She was conscious, but she wasn't going through the stuff she was going through with William and Logan <clears throat> at the time. I was wrong about that. All right. Uh, 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 back to Lawrence. Uh, so why is Ford's narrative allowing Lawrence and company, I think it's his cousins, to join the Man in Black? when the previous AI killed themselves when Man in Black tried to recruit them. So do the AI have to join willingly instead of being forced? Is that, is that why they killed themselves? Is that part of Ford's narrative um, or, or being tricked or whatever it may be? Or does Ford have an ulterior use of Lawrence? Does Lawrence play a bigger part in this Man in Black story and that's why Ford's not killing him? Mm. Yeah, and I I think that we'll probably touch on that a lot more later, but I think that it's part of Ford's quest to sort of bring out the humanity in William and Black once again. Yeah, and I think it is that second part. I think it's the ulterior use of Lawrence, and I think the ulterior use is he's sending Lawrence into the maze. Ford is, like he triggered him to go into there, and we're going to see Lawrence become more and more aware and... And it's going to give men in black something when Lawrence becomes fully awake and aware. That might be the case. Yeah, because I'm super curious about who the next person is that talks to him because he's checked all the boxes now. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, um, next person we're going to cover is the Confederado leader, who I didn't get the name of last time. It's Major Craddock. Uh, And I've called him the Jesus character because he's played all those roles. And last week um, I predicted he'd give a Jesus-like speech. And sure enough, he walks up in front of church, in front of a congregation. It might be a hostage congregation, but they're a congregation nonetheless. He looks up at the crucifixion and drinks from a chalice. There's your Jesus character imagery more and more and more. Uh, but then, man in black kills Jesus because Jesus' intentions are not good. And I think that's the motivations we saw here, was we saw that he was a resurrected God who was leading people astray. And man in black death himself came in and had to uh, had to correct this chris yeah william uh as man in black uh says that he's death um and the question is is, is uh if he's death and who is life um my also is curiosity is is if he's death does he have the ability to go to heaven or does he have the ability to you know mm-hmm. make good on promises so there's a couple of questions there's all this imagery of life death 
life after death. That's I mean, it's kind of been the the last two three episodes. Yeah, and is is when he say he is death, is that reinforce the fact that he is dying, and that's why he's not mm-hmm. scared to die anymore because he's taking people on when death is right around the corner. But when I think who is life in this show, I think that's Dolores. She's the one who's inspiring AI to fight their makers. And uh, and I think she's the one who's going to be more along the line of life because those are the two heading to the door and leading, the, leading that way. And so I think that's who's going to come as the life side of it. With Emily, uh, you guys talked about last week that in her notebook that there was a sketch uh, of the sign of the secret bunkers. Dalos was trapped in one of those secret bunkers. Uh, bunker 12 is Emily looking for her grandfather or the tech behind his recreation. Uh, I think that uh, she might be looking for her dad. She's not. She has no intention of leaving. We saw that when she talked to to Stubbs. Stubbs is like, "I can get you out of here." She's like, "I have no intention of going anywhere." So she just whips a piece of fire at one of those uh, Ghost Nation guys and hauls ass, mm-hmm. <laughs> and she takes off. She didn't care about Stubbs. She's like, "Well, it's been nice knowing you. I'm out of here," because she knows they won't attack her. She's human, so she feels free. To, she she's free to run. If we wouldn't have seen James Dallas get burned down I would have said she was trying to find her grandfather because she's going the opposite way of sure. William but mm-hmm. uh, either she knows his path which I doubt or she just happened to cross him up or see him on the plains but I think her going the opposite way going towards his past going behind them all that imagery stuff could have been going towards James Delos if we wouldn't have seen him burn up and I think it's a complete <clears throat> writing waste to make that happen so I think it's more She's trying to find this tech. She's trying to find this secret stuff. I think it's meeting's happenstance and that she's heading towards Westworld. He's heading away from Westworld and they happen to meet Yeah, in the middle. So, um, Gotcha. Cajun, we're going sec- to hit a section called Fan versus Fiction. Fact versus Fiction. Or Fact versus Fiction, pardon me. Sorry, no worries. it's been a day. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. <laughs> so what we're going to go over are things in this episode that we actually know are fact. So there's no guessing. This has been either said or you've visually seen it happen in this episode. James was dying from a disease that was defunded by Delos 13 years prior to his death. He says it himself. So whatever he died of, it is an unknown disease that they decided not to back and figure out how to cure it which I think is a big FU. I love yeah. it. That's actually really cool. And considering his organization cured all disease in the future, we know that after a, a scene in season one. Um, we were told by four that the tracks are headed north and not west. Or pardon me, for Men in Black, we were told that the tracks are headed north, not west, per Ford's game. The detour, the detour purposely put him through Las Mutas, where Lawrence's family was. Where do you think those train tracks are going? So they detoured him away. Okay, go Dave. I, I don't know, but those were some pretty grisly train tracks, weren't they? <laughs> Driving the stakes right through people. Oh man. Yeah. Not sta- not this stable. An- <laughs> no. This is like another this is another act of the host not knowing what to do once they run out of what their loop is. So they just start putting human bodies there instead of <laughs> to uh, to to lay down That's the tracks. So that man. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. We learned that the host can be put into safe mode. Which is how she, how Elsie saved Bernard. That's not something I knew. I didn't know you could go into Microsoft like safe mode uh-huh. and 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 cause Bernard not to harm himself. <laughs> Reboot in safe mode. All right, yeah. Reboot. One of the biggest mysteries over the last two episodes is what the hell is that white juice that's in the brains? We learned that it's cortical fluid. 
uh, brain fluid and that the gunshot to the head was the cause and not the shovel Elsie says it looks like somebody t- it's as if somebody took a gunshot to your head yeah which is and he has the scar still so we know that it's the old bernard in that timeline still because he has it on the side of his head um we know that they're in sector 22 and that the underground facility is in sector 12 those numbers are flashed pretty heavily so this is this is westworld it's not by happenstance that for us to know exactly where they're located Stubbs is human and is not being killed by ghost nation if he was not human he would have been killed already because they're taking out hosts not humans they said it uh, sh- uh actually emily said it while she was in the encampment yep. and Stubbs backed it up saying i noticed that as well um emily can speak indian which is not that big of a deal but that might help c- comparatively with ghost nation people um uh, bernard admits to getting lost in his memories and isn't able to tell if this is now or then that's a big deal for us as an audience because now we know not to trust anything that bernard says because we don't even know what timeline it's in because he doesn't know what timeline it's in yeah and that, um, that gives credence to the theory ahead. of which i'm still not 100 percent on board on but it gives credence to the theory that this could be uh they could be replaying this whole couple week long event thing to get bernard to reveal something that he has in him so uh bernard printed the mind core very recently so like we learned that that mind core was just like was like very close to the time frame because in at least in the in his memory they took out people in that sector 12 we learned of who was in sector 12 which was jim delos and we know that man in black was in his black outfit and that black outfit is the same one he wore to the party for Ford. The same exact outfit, only he had a hat on instead. So he went from one spot to the next spot. So we know that that timeline is very, very close. Mm-hmm. Um, William's wife died of a suicide that didn't involve pills or at least is not shown as such in the playback right. because it shows someone in a tub with blood. So. It leaves open to the question that I'll produce later for a theory, but also, you know, maybe he's covering up the fact and just saying the word pills, and really his wife just committed suicide in a bathtub? I don't know. I don't know what the thoughts are for you guys on that. I think it was pretty vivid uh, imagery of him running up a set of stairs, then seeing the water overflowing. Yeah, he's lying to himself, Um, I think, more than to others. Sure. We know that Logan died of an OD. That's a big deal, too, because, and that was just an off comment when Delo screams for Logan and he was like, he died of an OD years ago. Yeah. So he's I not mean, coming back, which is why man. they no, Yeah. Which is why they showed him with the, the arm thing earlier with Dolores, just to give you that, you know, you know what, you know what's happening. Yeah. And we know that Elsie didn't know Bernard was an AI until this episode, uh, her reaction to it. Oh, you, you left the grounds. You have a family, you have a kid. That's your backstory. It was her coming to the realization that her friend, her boss, was an AI this whole time, and it was her working it through her brain. So she didn't know before. Uh, even when he took her down, he just she just thought he was probably working for evil people. Sure. Um, we the display that Elsie clicks on Sector Twelve when they're opening up the door for uh, Jim's Delos says 149th cycle. So it lets you know in the timeline that that is the same Jim Delos that Men of Black left and just said, "Go ahead, let let the guy." be destroyed so that's that's a big that's huge because you know that they didn't reproduce anymore or delos hasn't tried to reproduce anymore after yeah that. and this time stamps this because we know man in black left james delos shortly before man in black enters the park in season one so we know that those are very close in time uh 
Now, one thing we also uh, know is that Man in Black doesn't have his scarf on in that scene when he's talking to James Delos, um, which we had a lot of theories that that scarf was hiding a scar in his neck, and that could be what he's dying from is, is some hidden thing that we don't see right there. But if this timestamp's really close and there's no scarf there, then that kind of rules that out, and that just could be some trickery. It could be something there, but I think there's only a, sm a small time window for that to actually uh, affect anything. I think that they're taking a little bit too long to go back to the fact that he mentioned he was dying in season one because now the audience is going to start to forget. Mm -hmm. You're not going to remember that he even had that conversation. In fact, Dave, we were talking to you and you're like, hey, where was that at? Yep. It, like, it's been so long. You're going to have to talk about it again soon. Or when you play that card, all of us are going to be like, wait, what? Yep. Because if we were to talk about this episode, I might not remember it either. I mean, this show. Um, I, you, you guys mentioned last week um, that Dolores took some shots. We also learned that now that uh, host can ignore physical damage is now on the table. That was mentioned by Elsie. It was just it was a revelation to her, and I don't know if we we knew that it could be a possibility, but now we know for a fact that it's something that can happen. Right, exactly. And uh, Bernard could control the drone hosts uh, just by a look, which is how he got them. He just whispered, s said something, and then they all just took out everybody in that room. So it that's kind of cool because that's the kind of power that Maeve has. Correct. To, to persuade people so I, like Bernard was on that level of where Maeve is at so that that's a that's a kind of a big deal uh, well Maeve was doing it like outside of code they could have been programmed with certain keywords by four sure. and he just knows what they are um, now what we're going to now is what we don't know these are questions that were brought up in this episode um, and so we're going to try to figure out what they all mean uh, the first one is who is the new human mind core for and I think this is the biggest one uh, anybody want to take a stab? Who do y'all think it's for? Uh, I think it's for young William. That's, I don't think it's Ford. I think everybody wants it to, I think the, the show pushed you going, oh, it, I bet it could be Ford. I don't think so. They're not bringing Anthony Hopkins back. And you think a young William in body. Okay. Yeah. Dave? Yep. Um, I think Ford is already created. So I think that that one is for, uh, young William. I think both. <sighs> we'll talk about it later. Nice. Uh, so for, for me, this is where I was talking about the fidelity, uh, sorry, the core printing check. Um, see, at first I thought the printed mind core was for William, but that's only if you can upload it. That means only if you can take William's mind from when he gets to the door, uploads it there, and transfers it. I think that's the only way that that happens. Um, because if you take the printed core from when Bernard printed it, before William's gone through this whole journey, you're putting an unchanged William in there. Uh, you're putting one when he's still man in black and not man in white. Um, now, if this needs to be printed with consciousness intact, so the, if you, when you print it, the consciousness of the person needs to be on the computer, then I think it's Ford because the timing of it aligns to be right before Ford's death and you just upload yep. everything right then and there uh, and then just like what's that one uh, Altered Carbon that Netflix show uh, where people upload their consciousness then that's what it is but that's why I'm on the fence because I don't know how those things are printed with or without consciousness imprinted in there or to be able to be loaded and that's why mine changes I don't I think what we don't know is was Ford and Bernard able to create this outside of Delos the mind transfer because Bernard or Arnold mm -hmm. was so intelligent. If Arnold is an AI program, 
and working at double speed compared to humans faster than MIB and his crew were able to do the same exact thing, almost like two people racing to the same point, except they were able to complete it and they weren't able to complete it. Maybe it is something that, that Ford is like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah. So, and which is why he's offering it to Man in Black if he's able to complete the game. Yeah. Or are they doing this in multiple facilities? They're doing this in 12 plus facilities, all trying to race to it. So we'll see that more stuff later. But um, another thing we don't know, are mine cores printed... Uh, yeah, I already said that. Sorry, I'm actually just going through the same thing again. I just wrote it down there twice. Um, one thing that was said is if you're looking forward, you're looking in the wrong direction. That coupled with Ford's speech, it's in where it begins. Um, now, is this a physical location or a time frame? We don't know that. No, that I think that's a big deal too because, I mean, is he talking about like where he physically was like as a person or are we talking about like emotionally or are we talking about just a, 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 a physical location? Like, are we talking about like the place where Dalos, Jim Dalos was, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it, so it's, it, that's the biggest mystery. Like to me, that's the bigger mystery of, of any of it because we, I need to know where William's going to know where this whole show is going. Cause I think he's the key, key figure of this. This whole story is about William Yep. to me. Yeah. Um, we we saw um, Ghost Nation leader uh, Akcheka. Uh, you only live as long as the last person that remembers you. Again, a super cheesy line from Coco. Remember me? Like I heard the song as soon as he said that. I'm hearing the song play in my head. Um, but like, what does it mean? Why does he whisper that to Stubbs? Because I'm cur- I, and I, I know it has to mean something. It th- never er, nothing is ever said without a reason. This goes into the Sphinx for me. This goes into the Sphinx guards the gravestones. He guards the graves okay. because the graves and the gravestones are the remembrance. The Sphinx guards the pyramids, which is still there 5,000 plus years later. And we remember them because of what was left behind. And I think leaving behind something of importance is, and it's something that people remember you by, is the legacy. And that's what he's talking about. Almost like Ford's legacy of Westworld or whatever is left. Yeah, whatever's left. Correct. Um, uh, one of the biggest mysteries is who's behind Ghost Nation. Like, uh, like, are they protectors? Are they not? Like, it's not really defined. We know they don't hurt humans, but we also don't know where they disappeared the hell off to after they just left. St- he whispers to Stubbs' ear, and then all of a sudden, there's nobody there anymore. <laughs> like, they just all up and left yeah. really quickly. To me, that's the second. So that was that's the second biggest one for yeah. me. Who's the human mind core for? Who's behind Ghost Nation is number two for me. Who's who's behind Ghost Nation? Um, when in the time frame that MIB decommissioned the, the James Dalos project, again, I noticed the black outfit, which looks very similar to the one he was wearing the night of Ford's speech. So I'm leaning towards that. Mm. But, I mean, it could be something completely different. It could be in a completely different timeline. Oh. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, he could have said no, and we, we could be talking 30 more days or 45 more days before that ever happened. Who knows? We have no idea. That's smart because I was putting him doing that before he went into the park earlier but it, because mm-hmm. it's so close yeah he could have been doing it i, I miss you had said that earlier yeah he could have done it right before the speech and then and dave you and i talked about dave and i talked about this prior to you hopping on uh derek mm-hmm. his arm isn't hurt in that when he's talking to him he's holding up that bottle with the arm that's not hurt so it was he never hurt or is it a different timeline because if it was before he got but bef- you know what yeah, I mean? but he didn't get hurt until after but, the speech. Oh, that's true. Okay, it was after okay, the speech, so so he could have done it. Speech, gone to the speech, got hurt, 
But we still don't see the arm now. Well, right? there were two times he got hurt. He got hurt well before the speech when he fought Dolores and she broke his arm. And then he got shot yeah. in the other arm. And the broken arm we still have not had reconciled. Yeah. And But he was in that, in that black outfit. So I'd have to watch the outfit from the last episode and that outfit. I'm just going off of what I saw last night, and it looked super damn similar. So maybe it's completely different. And, we're, and again, it could be a weird timeline. If that's the case... Then when the hell did he see Jim? Like, what, how long? How long had he had, had he been down there? I'm really curious about that. I wonder if the computer screen says 149th trial, but does it give a time frame? Like, how many days? I'm really curious if it says how many days on that on that screen. Yeah, for the for the so last that's a, screen. That, the, for that the last, last screen, screen before uh, Elsie yep. and Bernard go in there. Yeah. So that's that's on the table. Um, is what Bernard discovers about the code that was in Abernathy leading to the conclusion that the hybrid code is the true item being smuggled out? That's what they're searching for, the hybrid code, not anything else, not any of the people's per- information, not the, you know, the stuff that the Shell Corporation of Westworld is there for. Like the true thing we're looking for is how to put consciousness from a human into a, a, a non-human. And I think it's not the hybrid code itself because when you have 12 facilities and a lot of people working on it and all that focus and firepower on there, I don't think that code is something that needs to be smuggled out at that point from Delos to Delos. Uh, I sure. think it's something Ford was was hiding, or it was something that they needed to get out that Charlotte was harvesting, which was the specific DNA. Um, okay. And the DNA taken from people who make out with and sleep with hosts, which could also have been why Emily didn't want to sleep with that guy unless she knew he was human, because she didn't want to have her dna all over him to be scraped off later oh, that That's makes good. a lot of sense yeah. that makes a lot of sense because they knew who she is right away you knew who she is but also her dna gets put into that system that she doesn't want it in there and she could be if she knows the she, thing she could be cloned because she also talks about something about she knows what they could do with this stuff or whatever uh sure she makes that comment about it. we mentioned about it two episodes ago i can't quote it right now though uh one thing we don't know is how long man in black will be allowed to keep lawrence and his family we know we programmed the other AI to kill them, but we don't know how long he's going to be allowed to. I think it's going to be to the end, but we don't know how long that will be. Yeah, I think that Lawrence is going to be some key, uh, whether it's the fact that he has to choose between Lawrence and something else for a friendship in order to, you know, he has to kill Lawrence or, you know, he has to make that choice. I, I think, but something somehow Lawrence will be be part of the key because he's he's too far along in the journey now for them to just off him in the next episode. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the, I, the 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 cousin the cousins are definitely gone. They will be gone soon. <laughs> but Lawrence will not be. They shall be sacrificed Even, quietly. He well, he says he's like, well, you know, they won't be around long. You know, he says that to Lawrence. So like, we know that that's the case. Um, MIB uh, greatest mistake, Jim Delos? Question um, mark. And is that where he's headed to Lab Twelve? Is that glory? Is he headed back to the place where it all began? Where he's his greatest mistake was? His greatest mistake was creating trying to create Jim. I don't know. I just put it in there because um, we're trying to figure out what the hell glory is. We don't know. Like, we really don't know. They just keep saying the word. They keep saying on the mountaintop and glory and this and that, but we don't. We have no idea what they're talking about. I really about. think it's a new place because uh, yeah. I, I don't think that that's being his greatest mistake because he knows it's contained. He knows it's contained. It's a button away from burning it down. He's a phone call away from burning it down. If you believe somebody's still in there, I, still, I, I do think that it is some facility that we haven't seen yet. On purpose. And I put down this under this category. I don't think it's a prediction. It's the Jurassic Park plate where 
is Men in Black shutting down the project isn't a matter of, of if they can do it because he admits that it, it's, it's probably within two to three years that they can, they can crack this code, but rather should they do it? And I think that's the biggest question. It's not a matter of if or why. At this point, he's thinking to himself, should we even bother to do this? Should, I, should we play God? Should we, be, you know, should we have the ability to do this? And I think that that's what he's struggling with. And, and that could be a forward journey for him to get to that realization yep. to shut it down. All right. Now we're done with that. This is our most popular segment called predictions. Now, one thing you might have noticed, I don't have any predictions in here. These guys came up with a ton. My job today <clears throat> is to poke holes and shoot fire at these predictions. So I'm going to sit back. Oh, he loves listen. shooting I'm fire. Shoot, I'm going to sit things. back and drink my scotch and shoot some fire. All right, buddy. Bring it because I'm right. First of all, like let me start off with my Dr. Lazarus Ford theory. I think Ford is totally coming back. I've said it before. Um, I think that Ford is going to end up having put himself into a host body, and I think that's why he was totally cool with himself getting shot in the head by Dolores. I think that, you know, we've seen that he wants to throw off that mortal body, that vessel that is imperfect. We know that he has a bit of a distaste for humanity and all its flaws. So I, I think that he is putting himself in a host. But after this episode, I'm also wondering... Uh, you know, maybe the messages that he's been leaving for William in Black in the park hosts, you know, and Lawrence's daughter or whoever, maybe that's actually Ford's consciousness. It's not residing yet within the host body, but it will be by the time by the end of the show. Uh, maybe right now it's within some of the hosts. And I was kind of toying with this, and then I read something about. Um, on IGN, I think it was, and they were talking about the mesh networks and they were kind of toying with something similar. And I wonder if because of mesh networks, he that's how it's sort of able to do it. Um, so when William in Black, either way, so when William in Black finally arrives at glory, I think that he's going to find the reanimated Dr. Ford there. And I think Ford is going to show that He's the one that succeeded where William and Black's text failed. He solved the riddle of how to make AI bodies with human minds a viable thing. Which is how he's going to convince William and Black to step into his young William persona. Because at this point, he'll have brought him through the storyline. His uh, you know journey into night storyline, which actually helps bring William and Black back to that white hat. And he's going to be filled with regret. And he's going to say, wouldn't you just love to go back to who you were before you entered this park? I can make that happen for you. And here's the printed copy that I have of young William, which he was making when we saw Teresa killed in, in season one. Here he is. And and William in black is going to say, this is my solution. This is This is his door. He's going to have a white hat on. Um, now, I like the beginning of your theory because of my two theories on Mindcore. It depends on how you print it. Uh, you have to print the consciousness in there. I think that's how it is. Uh, I like your ending because that, that's a really good ending. Your middle stuff about this, like AI talking to mess networks, I'm going to slaughter that thing with holes because we know that James Delos' consciousness couldn't even survive in one AI. And that I think... Spreading it out through a network throughout the park, 
recombining it together into this host thing that Bernard made. Who's putting it in there over there later? I think there's way too many holes for writers of this caliber to try to make that work. I think he's either programmed that into these hosts or his conscience is already there from this theory and he's just speaking through them with basically a microphone almost at this point. Yeah, it's almost like a recording. Yeah, or or it could be that his uh, consciousness um, resides somewhere in a central location, but he is the one that is sending out these messages in real time. Like it's not a pre-recorded message. Like when right, William his shows up at such and such place, yeah. we yeah. press a play, and then this message plays. I don't think it's that. I think, I think mm. Ford is actually ha- you know manipulating those things in real time because he is already, uh, you know, living on. So real time, not Disney animatronics. Correct. Gotcha. That's right. All right. What's your next one there, Dave? Well, so this other one, that second past, William is uh, William in Black becomes young William. I think I sort of went from one into the other because I think they tie gotcha, into gotcha. one another. That's all. That's all part of part of that like, big, uh, you know, your your big four, parts four, there. Ford is alive theory and going through. All right. That's Ford right. is alive theory. Um, one of my theories is that Ford has designed the game for multiple contenders. He's already mentioned that, as as Men in Black has said that. Um, and Ford's designed this race to see who comes out on top, perhaps a race for Im- the immortality component. He has uh, Men in Black, Dolores, Maeve, and Bernard. Survival of the fittest results wins to guide where this all goes. He couldn't decide on who has the best route, so he let them figure it out themselves. So he's got one person that's leading it by their mind, one person that's leading it by their heart, one person that he created himself, and one person who who forcefully put himself into this situation. And he's just going to let that race figure itself out, which is the storyline. So like the Wizard of Oz with the Tin Man, the Lion, the Scarecrow, um, the Heart, the I, Head. Yeah, the um, if, you, if you imagine like a Westworld Willy Wonka, that's more like Okay, it. gotcha. Uh, uh, that's kind of that's kind of my thought process. That's just one thing because of, of the four storylines leading basically to the same spot. Yeah. The only hole I would poke into that one is because is is and you weren't there last week, but when I when going through his speech, he he says he could change, and he focuses on that person. He does go to a, mm-hmm. uh, he does say a plural later, but I think that's we're talking to the AI. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, that's the only thing I like it though. Uh, I have that Sizemore is only around to help Maeve unlock something, and I think Maeve understands that her daughter isn't real but knows that her daughter unlocks something to either give her a different ability or unlock something in the world, and Sizemore is only there being brought along to manipulate the code, etc. cetera. Uh, there's no reason for Sizemore aside from this. Right, and complete agreement on the Sizemore stuff, but to push that, to like pinpoint it down, it's because Maeve knows if her daughter's elsewhere, she's programmed with a different consciousness. So that pokes the hole in my theory that... Maeve is going to be surprised her daughter doesn't remember her. And I think she might already be aware her daughter, by this theory, she's already aware her daughter's not going to remember her. And she's there just to say, reprogram her back to when we were on the farm and I'm her mother. Farm. Right now. Sure. Um, I talked to you guys about this earlier uh, this week, and I think that we we didn't get to see Dolores, um, which I'm kind of surprised. I, I thought we did at least get a little glimpse of her. But I think Dolores is going back to Sweetwater to get her mother. Her mother's unnamed. They never mentioned her aside from the fact that Stephen Ogg's character in the beginning, the handlebar mustache, uh, she was on the ground, dead, um, and he was threatening to rape her 
even after she had passed in that one scene where Dolores comes in with the gun and starts trying to pull the trigger. Um, and I think that she's doing that because with Peter gone and everything's all but lost, this is the last person that she has as a cornerstone and she's trying to grab onto whatever she can. It would make sense because her mother would literally just be sitting in Sweetwater doing nothing right now in that house. There's no other reason to go back there. There's nothing there on her homestead. Unless there's something hidden there that we don't know about, it would be the only reason that she would go back. Or she wants the can of vegetables. <laughs> or she wants the can of vegetables. She keeps dropping on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but man, um, imagine her troops. Yeah. Well, her troops are all AI anyway. But imagine her troops are like, yeah, yep, we're just going back to get my mom. <laughs> no, I like that, though. Well, I, I think that's really interesting. I don't know what her mom has to offer, or maybe she has nothing to offer, but I think it's it like a lot of these characters that what is what does Maeve's daughter have to offer? They're all going back to people that they have that they feel like are family. Yeah. But I think Dolores and Maeve are both uh digressing away from each other that much. So that's why I think because of park size, location of all these things we've seen in the past, just just the logistics of it, is that she's moving away from the farm because the farm is an essential location and the fort and everything else she's going to is out. And I think her direction right now pushes her away from that that's the only way i think of that one right now it's because i just don't have a map of the park i'm gonna put this in parentheses where theory is still working because i I, this is like a work in progress right now but i think that either the man in black is either a hybrid or a host currently i'm not sure which i think it's a hybrid because i think he died i like i'm i'm in full believement of the person that was in the bathtub was not his wife i think it was him and he committed he's the one who committed suicide after this whole entire event um and they, they took his consciousness out i think that that's the case but uh, a thing that really brought that attention to me was the fact that the cornerstone that Lawrence threw out about his wife and his daughter brought him back to having to take out uh, Haddock and or Craddock and and everybody in that scene. At that point, he was ready, he was just kind of sitting there, like I don't think he had intentions. I don't know what he was planning, but there was no. Uh, he was like, "Don't you have a daughter?" And then he brought back his wife, and he's like, "Oh shit, you remember?" And like now I remember. And then all of a sudden he was like, "All right, I got to go out there and you know I got to help him or whatever." But I. I believe this is a work in progress. This isn't a full fleshed out theory yet. And I, I wasn't even going to mention it, but there's a couple of things to, that stood out. Specifically, the cornerstone part was the part that stood out to me the most out of that scene. Yeah, it, uh, even more so than anything else. So, because yeah, um, if it starts to develop, you're like, I mentioned that episode. This, yeah, but it says that's no legs still, right now. That's this is not this is this yeah. is not official. So, like, if it happened next week, I would not claim anything to it. I would just say that I'm I'm still working on yeah, it. Yeah, and the only but thing I, that I can think of that would add into that and right now that feels like a stretch to me because it feels like he's on a journey to uh go there to me but the only part of it that i think would have legs is that if he was traded out for a host body i think it would be after the party when he wakes up in the pile of bodies because that was the point where he woke up without a broken arm from dolores i keep going back to this arm Mm -hmm. uh you know, but that was when he woke up without the broken arm. But he did have the gunshot in his arm. So you could see, like, if somebody was going to replace him, they'd say, oh, well, we have to put that gunshot there because that's visible. But they might not have necessarily known that he had a broken arm, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so it oh, okay. sort of fits there. But I don't know. Hmm. We'll, we'll, we'll see. The, the, the other thing that stood out to me was the fact that you were mentioning that stuff like he can't get hit by bullets, he doesn't have a broken arm, is any of this real, can he take damage? I don't know. Um, so, like, again, work in progress. Um, 
I put this one that, but I think it's like pretty obvious that Westworld I feel is like a shell company for a Grander Delos plan. I feel like it's just you're like I don't really feel like the getting the gathering of the information is really the major thing for Delos. I think it's really the whole the the swapping of the information. But that's we we kind of talked about that. Oh yeah. Um, the last the last one that I want to talk about is um, Westworld uh, doesn't do anything for no reason, and the twelve on uh, the James Delos door means that there are eleven other hybrids that are they're working on scattered throughout the park. Uh, this is much more than a hunch, uh, than a theory at this point, just trying to dig a little deeper. But if, if they're printing out those human consciousness or they're printing out those, those red balls, right? They're printing them out for a reason. I feel like there's 11 others and I'm curious on who the hell those people are. Cause we know Charlotte goes to hers and then mm-hmm. Bernard and Elsie go to another one. And I don't remember seeing a number on Charlotte's if that was even seen at all. And they all have the same, uh, double hexagon symbol on there yeah yep and there and remember that the dalos was in a hidden door back behind so uh, charlotte and bernard uh, in the first one that they went into could easily have been in a room that it, that does the same exact thing but we just didn't see what was behind the door oh right right right, right. So, yeah we didn't see how so, as much yeah we didn't see all the secrets of the room my you want to know it would blow the the lid off this thing if there were 12 jim dalos's Oh, what they were trying they were, it out in each room to see if it worked. In each room to see if it would work, and that's why he comes to his that senses because like they've been doing this all of these times with all of these different gyms, and none of them are working. Hmm. Would which be crazy, but I I feel like that there there are eleven different others, and there are are they're trying to do the same exact thing as they're doing in that room. That's my theory. All right, Dave, would you yeah. have the last one there? So speaking of multiple characters, my sense is that we're going to get the multiple Bernards revelation in episode five. And I'll tell you why. Um, You know, part of me thinks maybe the entire episode is going to take place in Shogun World and we're not going to see anything in Westworld at all. And all the Shogun World stuff happens all in episode five. Except it feels like the kind of reveal that, you know, if they shared five episodes with the press uh, before the show came out, it feels like the kind of thing that they would let the press find out about, but then not let them go further, especially because we did see some little clues to there being multiple Bernards in a commercial. So it seems to me like they wouldn't include that, those kinds of hints, you know, seeing a room full of Bernards. Um, they wouldn't release something that's from like a really late in the season episode revelation that the press doesn't already know about um in in a commercial teaser like that so i i I feel like it's coming next week now what you're saying is they're going to reveal that there's multiple bernard shells yes they're not the brains right not multiple bernards acting in a brain okay correct and and they're going to like we're going to see the transfer of bernard's you know little head unit or whatever uh from the the messed up Bernard with the scar on his temple to a new Bernard. So he's going to be transferred into a new vessel. So you're just talking about when they walk in the room, see the rest of the Bernards, and then cut. Yes. And you're like, whoa. Or in the trailer. Yeah. Yeah, that actually makes a lot of sense. I don't think um, they would show something like that in, in a commercial or a trailer that wasn't something that was part of the information that was released to a limited number of people. On those lines, we, we saw in a trailer James Delos' scarred-up face staring in a mirror, and we saw that here in episode four. 
So that was a mm -hmm. huge thing that you don't let drop, but they did for this one. They need to get to day 11 on that beach. And if they're using all of episode five in Shogun World, they only have three, three, eight episode season, correct? Uh, I haven't confirmed yeah. if it's eight or 10. Okay. Uh, if it's, well, I, and I, I'm not 100% positive, but we're talking about eight. I mean, you have three episodes to get from that point, point A to point B. That's, you've got to get there quick. Like that's there's a lot of ground to still cover, and having Venars and swapping out brains and all this other stuff needs to happen fast. No, why? Why so, are you thinking it's eight episodes? I just kind of assumed ten because last season was ten. Ten. Ah, uh, I thought is it ten? Oh, okay. All right, then we're not even at the halfway point. All right, then perfect, perfect. All right, then they have plenty of time. They have absolutely plenty of time. Halfway point and discovering that there are multiple bodies of different hosts would make a complete sense because that leaves you at the halfway point with oh so if there's more of him who else is there more of and and then you can go from there so okay I, that that i can bite on man it's so awesome there's still six episodes left to go <laughs> i'm so pumped like there's so much information like this epi this season feels so much like i crapped on an episode a couple weeks back but like this episode feels like it's given up so much more information than the last year at this time like i just feel like we know so, there's so many more mysteries and i feel like it's so much meatier than last year i feel like we were in like i don't know like the kitty version of the park last season and now we're like in the adult version of the park this season like they there's an expectation level when you with price of admittance that you better come to watch and watch a lot of it and rewatch it again if you want to know what the hell's going on it's almost like the camera was zoomed in really close on this really tight focus in the small you know field of vision and in season two the camera has panned way back and we just have a much broader field of vision and and there's just so many more set pieces and uh, so many more things going on also there's such a high watermark to hit to hit a season two after the first season where you think that they're going to let you down going into season two or they're just not the mystery's not going to be there or they've used all the cards in the deck they just don't have anything left and then they trump that and they're like yeah guess what you still don't know this, 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 and this. There are like 10 serious things that we don't know the answers to right now. And it's all guesswork. So it's crazy. It's, I, I don't know. Awesome, awesome. I am excited about Westworld season, uh, season three that they announced. So we know that the season three is coming. So I'm pretty sure they're not going to show us any of the brain swapping crap because they need to push this out a couple more seasons. Or they show us that and there's a lot more in the can right there's more, more there's more worlds there's more places it's not just dolores what else is going on so future world. any final thoughts guys television perfected like i said earlier and this this really hit it at home for me they're doing everything perfectly i've become like super annoying in our discord because of all the stuff i t i toss so much stuff into our in our discord it's unreal but it's like each day i'm like Oh, wait, I saw either. I, I haven't rewatched this one, so that's why I haven't put as much of the I've rewatched this thing yet. But, like, I'll rewatch it, and I'm like, I catch one thing or maybe two things, and then it sparks four other ideas. It's like, oh, you just go down this rabbit hole. Well, it's it's not until you say it out loud to somebody else that you really start to process it. So, it, you know, keep it going, man. Yep, until I'm sitting there like, tell me that theory. <laughs> tell me that theory. My yeah, I said that. I, I said that to you the other day, and you're like, no, go ahead. Let's spread, spread it wild, and then I'll just shoot it down, or I'll tell you, mm, I like that part. <laughs> yep. So um, that's it for us uh, for this episode four of our Westworld spoiler cast. Um, Dave, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at BigD112358. 
And uh, Derek, where can people find you? Caucasian Saint, all one word on Twitter. We are at Geekologist Radio on Twitter. Um, on our email address, we're podcast at Geekologist Radio. And you can find us on the web at www.geekologistradio.com or at www.ninjapancake.com. As for me, Chris, you can find me at Topher Noons, T-O-P-H-E-R-N-U-N-E-S, uh, on Twitter. Uh, and for Geekologist Radio and the Japan Cake family of podcasts, we are out. Mm-hmm.